All right, welcome back for another episode of Talk to Tatiana. And today I have Tara Nolan with me. Tara, welcome to the show. Tatiana, I am so glad to be here. I, I have like multiple connections with you as a, a business person and an author and, and having you as part of my journey is, is awesome. And I'm glad to be here and get to talk about what we do and, and hopefully share some great nuggets for everyone who's listening. Awesome. Awesome. So Tara, um, if you if you will, please talk a little bit about how your entrepreneurial journey started. Give us your story kind of from where you think from where you want to, sh to start, uh, whether it's at five years old or, or 20, it's up to you. Yeah, I'll drop in. So I, it was interesting when you asked about the entrepreneurial journey and when it started. And I think for like, for most of us, there's like, when you, you think back, there's like little nuggets that happen throughout your life that kind of set the stage. And I think it started out for me when I was a cadet at the Air Force Academy. And I remember I was sitting in management class, you know, it was just a few minutes before class and everyone's just chatting amongst each other. And this guy next to me, I knew he was a football player and he's kind of sitting back like owning the stage. And he's like, well, I'm just going to invest $40 a month in a Janus fund. And by the time I'm 40, I'm going to be a millionaire. And I'm sitting here going, what? I'm just, I'm smarter than that guy. I have no idea what he's talking about, but it was like kind of dawned on me. I'm like, there's like this whole other world of things people know about that contribute to success in life that don't have to do with just getting an A in class. And so that seed was kind of in there, uh, but I was at the academy and I wanted to go fly airplanes. So that kind of got put on the back burner. But at different points, like when I was starting my first time as investing, I didn't have time to do it myself. So I worked with a financial advisor and I actually had one of them try to recruit me at that time and said, you know, you'd probably be good at this. And I was like, yeah, but I'm going to go fly airplanes. <laughs> and so, you know, kind of fast forward, <laughs> you know, almost 20 years later. And it was kind of that change point where I was going to go to, am I going to continue in the Air Force? Am I going to go in the reserve? Am I going to start a business? And I kind of, it started to come together. Like I really love teaching people. I really like helping people with their money because you know, that question that people always say, you know, if there's something you knew 20 years ago, what would it, what would you wish you knew? And with money, like that's such a simple thing. Like there's just there's just rules out there that if you know them, you know them. And if you don't, you just don't. And um, I like speaking and communicating with people. So I kind of came back and revisited it and started looking at um, how would I set up a business and how could I help people and put that together? And then you're probably aware of that, right? Because then you become a business owner. And then all of a sudden you lose all that support you have when you work for a company. Because all of a sudden you become the IT guy and you become the coffee guy and you become, you're doing all of these roles and I remember like trying to figure out, I couldn't quite afford to pay someone to do a website. So I kind of had to learn how to build a website the first time. And it was just like pulling your hair out, going all these different directions. But what I knew is it was just like that creative bone. When you have that creative spark that you just want to make something that's going to help people and, and help people do better. That was kind of where the, the whole entrepreneurial process just kind of started. And my husband and I, one of the things we did, we said, well, we can try to do it all ourselves or we can invest in, you know, some workshops and training and try to, you know, help shorten that learning curve a little bit. And so we kind of went down that path of, of doing all that stuff. And, and that's where we started the business. But I don't know. What's interesting for me is even though I've had my business for over 10 years now, it's, it's a constant learning process. Like there's always more to to communicate, you know, have have a better website to communicate. 
just like you've done, you've written a book because you have all this knowledge in your head and you've like, how can I share this with as many people as possible? And it's like that, you know, how do you expand your business and, you know, all of those things. That's kind of been in a nutshell, my entrepreneurial process. Awesome. Yeah. Sounds, uh, sounds terrific. So how far did you go um, in the Air Force um, path, career path? Well, it's really interesting because I did 15 years on active duty and then I went to the reserve and I'm actually still in the Air Force Reserve. And my husband always jokes. He's like, haven't you like tried to retire like three times now? <laughs> and it's it's just really what's, what's really been wonderful about the Air Force Reserve is that we call ourselves citizen airmen. So you get the opportunity so you still get to serve part time, but then you still get to grow your business. So I'm actually just starting a new job over in Germany. And it's going to be really interesting to start learning about the whole NATO mission and and the relationships with our allies and partners. So so that also keeps that part of my brain going where I get to help, you know, the service to something larger than just, you know, what I'm doing personally. So still in. <laughs> um, all right. I mean, that's that's terrific. So are you moving to Germany? No, no. So that's the thing as a reservist, you just, you say you get to live where you live and we'll, but I'll be doing some traveling. So I think I might be racking up some frequent flyer, flyer miles. It's like a 10 hour flight direct from Denver to Frankfurt. And that's flying awesome. over is pretty easy, that's but awesome. the, the way home, the jet lag is a killer <laughs> or no, it's the other way. <laughs> Either way. So, uh, well, I actually love uh, the flight to Germany is usually very um, easy uh, for some reason. Uh, I've flown to Frankfurt a number of times uh, from New York. I mean, from New York, it's a little shorter, right. um, <laughs> which is nice, <laughs> but, but it's awesome. I'm so, uh, thank you for your service, first of all. And um, it's so awesome to, um, to know, I didn't know that about you, actually. I didn't know that you were an Air Force oh. pilot. So that's really cool. <laughs> Or maybe I just forgot. I've been forgetting a lot of stuff lately. Um, <laughs> Probably not. That was um, it was something I did a while ago. But uh, yeah, it's it's life is interesting. Like right, there's just like you just there's so many different things that you end up encountering, and and that's one of the things I love. I love it when I read your book because you you capture on all those different like twists and turns that life takes, and it, it's I feel like especially like with the tax code, for example, like whoever knows the most rules wins. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. The government never gets rid of a rule. They just keep adding more. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they do sometimes very rarely uh, throw, out a, throw out a rule like they did with uh, domestic production deduction. They completely like nixed it. And so, um, <laughs> but it's very rare to, to do that. Right, right. To so, make a yeah, clean cut. So. <laughs> Yeah, and something people don't realize, and I, I think it applies to to your business now as a wealth manager, um, is something I didn't realize until I started working differently with my clients. Was um, I realized that people don't understand how important it is to have the support of someone who knows what they're doing, who knows exactly how to save you the most money in tax. And our fees of someone like myself are much higher than a traditional accountant, but then we also do more for you uh, as a client. And so same thing with wealth management. Some people say, you know, obviously there are different resources now that are like betterment. 
oh, we can invest for you and trust us and whatever. And people fall for it instead of having an advisor who actually looks out after your goals and your um, kind of aspirations and dreams in your life to, to, to create a scenario, create a portfolio or whatever it is that actually will get you closer to that goal. Well, you know, it's interesting that you say that because I, I, as I've been distilling down from the book and I'm actually working on a talk that I want to do, it's, it's a lot about team building. And I, I kind of, in my head, I'm, I'm boiling it down to three key things is you have to have trust, you have to have accountability, and you have to have communication. And that kind of goes together in a circle because when you're working with somebody, the first thing you have to have is trust. And, and for people that are looking for the CPA to work with or the financial planner, we get into very personal parts of your life. And so before we can help you, you have to be able to establish that trust. And, and it's hard because you can't be a car salesman and just say, oh, come on, trust me. <laughs> and, you know, I think a lot of that starts with education and understanding the processes. And then accountability, this, you know, the basic thing is just do what you say you're going to do. And we know when I know you do it and I know when I do it, I explain to people what the process is. But it's it's like this thing of co-creation <clears throat> because I can help somebody navigate the process and get there. But at some point, the client has to work with you because it's their business at the end of the day and it's their life at the end of the day. So you have to almost have this co-creative process where you come together to create this thing. And then this communication piece has to be there. And I don't know how it is for you, but, you know, we've all lived a long time and we've all had our, our little basket of bad experiences, our baggage, I call it. <laughs> so when you come into that new relationship, you have to have that communication that happens so that you kind of level set uh, what words mean. And so, you know, one of the things that happened with one of my clients, it was interesting is we figured out for her that the word budget, it was like a trigger word for her. And it, she was interesting because she was like a math teacher. So she was good with numbers. But we finally figured out like growing up as a kid in the in the South, um, when her mom and dad would fight, then, you know, what, usually about money, her, they, her mom would say, well, kids, it's time we're going on a budget. And they would start doing things like turning off the air conditioner in the middle of the summer, you know, things that don't really move the needle for the family budget, but just make it hard. And it, so when I would say the word budget, like she would just like check out, like you could see her, but she was not with the group. And, and so we said, oh, so we, I try to call it now always a spend plan. And for her spending plan, like she's like, oh, OK, I can get behind a spending plan. And, and so it's part of this with the business is it's not about just being good at what we do. Like I thought, like I just need to, you know, create this great financial plan and, you know, invest people's money and help them do well. But it's so much about the counseling, because we have all this financial baggage. <laughs> and so part of it is, is I also have to have this relationship and communication skills. Did you find that with your business as well? I found that, well, uh, to, to back up a, a second on that um, note, actually, <laughs> I, what I found was that accountants who are really good at what they do have the personality that's completely introverted. So right. we love being naturally just with our calculator, with our computer, not talking to anybody, hate that. And so what I found as I started my own business, that the, the more I talk to people, the more confident they feel in their future. And so I found that, you know, through my book and, and other programs and coaching that I do, 
with clients, um, I actually had to learn, actually went to school for life coaching because business is personal. And so we have to build um, a relationship with clients and make them feel comfortable. And naturally, accountants are not great at that. Um, and so I also, <laughs> it's just the truth. Um, if you're a good accountant, you're probably that same personality that I used to be. Sure, um, sure. But I learned different. And, and, so, and so, you know, people want that. People, I've had clients call and say, prospective clients call and say, well, uh, what what is your minimum uh, fee or whatever? And I would give them a fee and say, well, you know, this includes bookkeeping and tax filing, but also includes coaching. And they're like, coaching? People want that. People want to understand their numbers because usually what happens is people like me, accountants, uh, well, my old self, uh, would talk to people in language that they, they don't understand. And so people would feel, they would just nod like they understand, but actually in reality, right. they don't. And so... Right. It doesn't serve them and it doesn't serve you because you can't help them because they don't understand what you're talking about. So I've, I've found that I had to learn a lot, not only life coaching skills, business coaching skills and other support and some psychology as well, which is what life coaching is really about, um, to, to be able to serve people better. Right. I, you know, and that's, I, I love that. And that was, and I, I find with um, in the finance world, I had to do a lot of I love that coaching thing. I may I may actually use that. I'll credit you for sure. Um, but the uh, the education piece uh, and in the finance world, like looking at the history of our country has been driven by the tax code. And in like the 40s and 50s, the, the tax code rewarded businesses for providing pensions. And it started to shift because like I remember my grandfather, you know, back in the 60s, he, he had a fabulous pension. So people in that time period did, didn't have to save for retirement. They had pensions. They just had to show up, do a good job and work and they were going to get a pension. And it was right about the 70s where it started to shift because it was really looking at golden parachutes. But they realized this whole 401k thing came along and companies realized, oh, we can make, we can empower you to be responsible for your own retirement and companies shifted all the risk and burden to the individual. But the thing that happened though, is, is the average worker didn't know that. And I can't tell you how many clients I have that are intelligent people, they're doctors, they're lawyers, they're, you know, computer programmers. And they just kind of went with this mentality like their parents and grandparents had where they did their job and they're getting to their 50s going, it's time to retire. And they have no concept that that 401k is not going to get it done by itself. It's a good start. Yeah. And and then also then once they retire, there's not going to be like a pension check. There's going to be their 401k and however well they manage it and however well it does in the market is going to drive how much money they have versus getting like that nice, reliable pension check. And it's just, it's fascinating to me to look at it, that we're in this situation that we are, and it's almost like a construct because it's just how the tax code was written. And if the tax law was changed, reality would be different for everybody. But what I try to tell people is I want them to understand, here's how we got where we are. We're not going to, I can't fix code, tax code for you. But what I can teach you is within the rules that we have to play with today, here's how we maximize your financial potential. And, and that's kind of what yeah. it's about. But it, it, I think it helps people to understand because people get confused. Like my grandparents, they were fine and they had, you know, they were. So it's just this shift that happened. And because we don't teach it in schools, 
you, you just don't learn it. And, and um, some people learn it at the dinner table growing up, but a lot of people don't. I know I didn't. I had to go out and learn it myself. And, and I'm interested, like for you, how did you come about knowing what you know how to do? Did you learn as an adult or did you learn a little bit growing up? I actually didn't learn, uh, you know, I grew up in a socialist country. And so um, for me, for us, it wasn't about potential. It wasn't, everybody was the same, you know, free education, free healthcare mm-hmm. um, and stuff. And so <laughs> for for me, I, I, I just knew that we never had money for anything. So, <laughs> so it was, it was an easy, you know, kind of thing. But then when I came to the US, I was by myself and I had to figure out how to support myself financially. So I learned that I, um, thankfully I didn't have this, um, mindset of credit. And so I always lived within my means and I was making very little and spending, you know, I had a high rent because I wanted to live by myself. I didn't want any roommates and stuff. And so, um, it was, uh, it was difficult for about a year, um, probably two years, uh, total, but you know, it worked. And then I met uh, my husband who, um, is Jewish. And so um, <laughs> Jews have natural ability to to see where money can be saved, to, to be good at money. I don't know, um, maybe it's just Russian Jews or Belarusian Jews, but <laughs> he taught me to have a budget, to have a software that tracks your financial stuff. And, and then I got into accounting, I picked accounting because I wanted to be able to support myself financially and accounting is a skill. And so I got into accounting and, you know, the rest is history. I got, and now I'm obviously better at taxes. He used to do his own taxes. Now he doesn't even touch it anymore, but um, accounting is a skill. And so I used it to really get to where I am, but I saw how much, how important it is. And now my next um, goal is to really teach kids about entrepreneurship, about how to manage money and and how to understand it. Because what I think um, American people are missing um, is that that understanding that entrepreneurship is a great career option. Right. A lot of people find that out after they've done 20, 30 years of corporate work. And then they're like, Oh, I can do this on my own. Right. Um, and not be stressed out and have a better life. <laughs> right. Well, it's interesting that you say that so. because I started working with a company and they were like, they almost trying to put fear into me. Like, well, you can't do this by yourself because you know, you're going to have to have an office manager and how are you possibly going to keep up with the paperwork? And, and, and then when I finally did go out on my own, I'm like, it's not that hard. I mean, it's work. So it, it you become time limited, but it wasn't a case of, can I do it? I'm like, of course I can do it. It just, then I had to figure out how to, to bring on the help and the team I needed around me to be successful. But I, yeah, it's interesting how there's like this, this fear about going out on your own. And, but I mean, I guess that's pretty natural. I think I read once that only about 5% of the population is really wired to be a full up entrepreneur. And a lot of people, <laughs> you know, they, they like the comfort. I mean, and that's okay. But it's for the people that have the inclination, I say, don't be afraid. Go for it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't turn yeah. back and do it differently. Um, you know, it's, I actually disagree that there is something like why being wired, um, for that. I think that it's a skill just like anything else. Like, you know, when I went to, uh, for you and I both took this workshop to write a book, right? Before mm-hmm. that, I used to tell people that I'm a bad writer. Cause you know, I'm a second, um, English, English is my second language. And, 
I still struggle sometimes with vocabulary and I use more simple words than the more sophisticated words in English, but um, I destroyed and I stopped putting labels on myself after I've destroyed a few of them. Like I'm a bad writer. Mm-hmm. It's a craft like anything else. Speaking is a craft like anything else. And I think entrepreneurship is a craft like anything else. You just need to learn how to do it. I like that. I like that. You know, that, and we talk about that a lot in the military. Like there's, we, there's always the debate, are leaders um, born or made? And because there are those people that have that natural charisma. Uh, but of course, the, the military is definitely taking the tact that you can create leaders because we do a lot of education and studying and doing that. So I, I, I think I will reverse my opinion. Well, that's what I read, but I would agree with you that we can teach people to be entrepreneurs. Yeah, and it I is think a craft. And so, uh, Tara, talk a little bit about uh, when you started on your own, what was the one thing that surprised you, whether it's good or bad, um, anything that you found that you didn't expect to be doing or to be involved in in your business as your own boss? Well, the hardest thing I think about starting my own business was having to learn sales. And you know, I knew how to do the financial planning and I, you know, with my logistics background and my MBA and, you know, the money, like I, I learned all the skills. Like I know how to manage money. I know how to put together a plan. And the hard part was like, I have to go get people to give me money. And it's, so it went all the way back to that trust building thing. And you know, when you start a business, like you get the books on a business book and they teach you how to file it with the state and, you know, you've got to get your tech set up and all the technical parts of it. But a lot of the books don't really talk about like, that's all good and fine. But like 90% of your time when you get started is building those relationships and figuring out marketing. And it's different. Like it can be different in every part of the country. You know, in some countries, people like to have webinars in some country, parts of the country. People just want to have like a, a, a mail or come to them in the mail and then they come to a seminar and, and some people want a phone call. And it's just it was maddening for me to go. I just want to help people and I have to convince them that I can help them. And before I can get to the helping them part. And, and I spent a lot of time trying to figure out, cause there, I don't know about you, but there's not really a good, like, like you can go get a class on finance or accounting or, but there's not a real great class on here's how you talk to people and network and market. So I think your life coaching course was probably a great way to get that done. Cause I don't think there's even a degree in college to teach you people skills, especially if you're an introvert. <laughs> Well, there probably is if you get a degree in psychology, but I don't want a degree in psychology. Maybe. Right. <laughs> well, you know, and I, I had I was interested in that and I think maybe I should have done that. It was I was on the fence between chemistry and psychology. And at, at the time I was like, well, psychology would be fun, so I should do the one that would be hard. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm getting over it's that phase of life, like, you know, somehow you get extra points for doing something that's just hard. <laughs> You know, I, that's what, how I picked accounting initially for the sim for a similar reason. Uh, I could do economics. That would be easy, but then I picked accounting because it's harder and I could always have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> that was interesting. Yeah. That's really cool. Thank you for sharing that. So, um, to talk a little bit about, um, if you could go back, uh, I just pressed something, uh, accidentally, hopefully it didn't. Okay. Awesome. Uh, we're good. So talk a little bit about if you could go back in time and give your younger self 
a piece of advice, maybe when you were starting a business or maybe when you graduated college or, or whatever, whatever that period in time is, um, what would that advice be? Uh, I, you know, I, I was thinking about this question. I love that is I would go back and tell myself that I am enough. You are enough because I, there's that balance, right? Because you want to be humble, right? And when you're young, people always beat on you. Like you kids, you never listen to anything and you just, so I tried to be very diligent and take on that message of, of receiving and listening and, and trying to learn from other people's mistakes. And I think I almost took it too far. And so I would just tell myself, uh, you are also capable and have good ideas and you are enough. And when you start it, follow through and do it. And I can tell you on my entrepreneurial experience, it's interesting because back in 2010, I did like a teleconference series. So this was before Zoom and Google Meet and all of these video conferences. So I did it on the phone and I was having these fabulous meetings with people and I did it for about a year and a half, but I wasn't um, aware that I was pushing through and having impact. And, and I got busy. Obviously, I was still in the Air Force Reserve, so I kind of let that fall away. And, and now here we are in 2021. And I go back and look at the people that I interviewed way back when. And, and a lot of these people are really famous podcasters now. And they're like doing big things. And I'm like, I was on the right path. And I don't know if you've ever uh, watched the movie The Secret. And they talk about like um, a plant yeah. coming up to the ground. And you have this idea and you have this idea. And it's just about to break through the surface. And then you go, oh, this isn't working. And then the, the idea just rolls back down. And I, I'm like, okay, I actually know about that. And I'm, I'm sure there's probably been other times where I was on the path like this close to really having a breakthrough. And I'm like, eh, it's not working. I guess I'll try something else. So the message <laughs> yeah. is you are enough and just keep following through because you're probably doing better than you think you are. Awesome. I love it. Thanks so much for sharing that. That was really beautiful. I actually wrote that down as the title of this episode. So um, Tara kind of, <laughs> As we wrap up here today, um, share where people can connect with you and work with you and how they can work with you. What is the transformation that you offer? What is the uplift that you offer your clients that you work with right now? Oh, I love this. So I, I um, like you said, I'm writing my book and the title of the book is Money Moves, Changing Where Your Money Lives, Changes How Your Financial World Grows. And so you can connect with me at www.nolanfinancialpartners.com. But I want people to really think about that because that was as we went through the workshop, like one of the great parts about it is you have this cohort of people that help you go. That really resonates with me. And uh, changing where your money lives changes how your financial world grows. That was like one of the really key concepts that exemplifies what I do with people is, you know, I have a lot of people that I meet that will have a couple hundred thousand dollars just sitting and checking because they don't know what to do with it. They're afraid of the market. They don't, it just sits there and, and showing them just how you can give your money jobs and let your money do more than one thing. Cause like in a bank account, all it does is earn like little to nothing as far as interest, but it does have some protection cause it's in a bank. But like, let's say if you put it into, you know, an IRA, all of a sudden you're getting a tax advantage. If it's a Roth IRA, you're definitely getting money growing tax free. It's still protected and it's growing. So then you've given your money a couple jobs. If you use some of that money and, and use a life insurance as a tool, then you are creating something that can be used for long-term care. You're growing your money tax-free. You're protecting your family. So just getting people to have this idea of, if I have $1, how 
how many jobs can I make that dollar have? Because if it just sits in a bank account, it's got one job. But if you have it do different things, um, then it can have multiple jobs. Real estate's a big one where if you have money that's just going to be sitting, you can have some of that money sit in your property and maybe you can earn some rental income. You're going to get some tax deductions. So, so I work hand in hand with someone like you, a good CPA, you know, we work hand in hand together to go, how do we maximize where this is going to go? And what I want people to understand is that you, you also tie it to your personality. Like money can do great things in the market, but guess what? That's not the only option there. If you're very conservative and you want to do something a little safer, there's different tools. So I kind of inverted the pyramid. Like when I started my business, we would have like three mutual funds and two insurance companies we worked with and everybody was squished into that. And I'm like, I turn it on its head. The first thing at the top of the pyramid that we have to go is what does success look like for you? Why are you saving money? You know, some people want to travel. Some people want to buy a house next to the grandkids. Some, what is your reason first? Then we figure out like, are you super conservative or do you want to be aggressive and put yourself out there a little bit and, and look at that. The very last thing we do is look at the tools. And I think the stocks, bonds, mutual funds, those are interchangeable and those are not really very important because what's important is, are they supporting that vision that you have of this is what success and happiness feels like to me. And so I would say the very first thing I do with people is ask that question. And for most people, it's the first time that anyone's ever asked them that. And I say, well, what is happiness for you? And people are like, I don't know. I just need enough. I just need more. And I'm like, how do you, how do you achieve the goal of more? <laughs> because when do you ever get off the wheel? You're just running and running and running and running. And so, so I guess that is what I really want to convey to people is we want to plan for your life to achieve and retain the lifestyle that you want. That's the goal. That was a long answer. Awesome. I'm sorry. I love it. <laughs> no worries. No worries. Um, I, I usually also answer the similar, similar question is a long answer because it's, that's really, um, we have to break through this perception of us as professionals. This is only the only thing that you do. I only do taxes. You only do investments. No, that's not what we do. What I do is I allow you to keep more of the money that you make so that you can right. live the life you want. And you right. help invest that, those savings to create an even better life that you want. So it, it's, it's totally normal to answer that um, longer um, than, than you would otherwise. But, uh, but, and thank you for that. Thank you. I've noted, I've noted everything in the show notes below the video, if you're watching it on YouTube or um, below the episode, if you're uh, listening into uh, to the podcast. So Tara, uh, thanks so much for being a great guest. It was a real pleasure to, to have you on the show. Thank you for having me, Tatiana. You're one of my favorite people, my fellow author. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right, everybody. See you next week for another great episode of Talk to Tatiana.